like our parents like raised us with like lovely Jewish values and to appreciate Shabbat dinner. But there were many Fridays that was like, hurry up and eat the movie starting. <laughs> Get out of the house. <laughs> episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This week, we are going to be intergalactic. Well, I, I mean, intergalactic, maybe inside the solar system. It's hard to, I don't really know the 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 borders of space, but we have with us writer, comedian, <laughs> podcaster, Tim Barnes. You may know him. He writes for Nickelodeon sitcom Warp. He wrote for and did sketches with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, and he has a new show that we're going to talk about in just a moment called Maurice on Mars, which is just the kind of sci-fi social commentary absurdity that I absolutely love. So I'm thrilled to get to do this. Tim, welcome to the family. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. Uh, yes. Is, is the term intergalactic cor correct when you're talking it, about your own solar system? Yeah, well, if it's Mars, I think I, it's a I, bit of a stretch. I, yeah, it's just that, galactic. That, that's right. That's galactic. galactic. <laughs> uh, I guess when we, we're going to talk about Star Wars a little later. So that's intergalactic, I hope. But yeah, you know, yeah. I also love hyperbole. Like I tell. <laughs> so speaking of stories, Lily, earlier today, uh, Allie and I went to Target to go camp shopping with the kids to buy their, you know, the material, you know, the, the extra shirts and the towels. And by the way, things are very different than when we were kids in terms of what you have to bring now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lily, you remember we used to go to Schrader's in Montreal, right? I mean, every yeah. Montreal remembers the Schrader's, right? You'd go, there's just like a rack of uh, no name brand like, sweatshirts. Right. Yeah. T right. There was just t-shirts. T-shirts, sweatshirts. <laughs> shorts yeah. like that was <laughs> that was the brand Sounds like a nice song yeah. exactly and you'd pay and you'd pay cash to get it you could discount. only pay cash you could only pay cash wow. just mom would roll come with this roll of bills <laughs> and but now you go to target and you can find things on the list and uh, first of all any scene shopping with me and my family and this is what the kids reflect to me because they just watch parks and rec right so they they, they reflect to me they're like because we have a list and mm -hmm. i'm looking at onesie fuzzy head-to-toe pajamas like <laughs> and i was kids you you, you, veer, you veer from the list i have I, a feeling. I veer from the list they, they they we we agreed that i reminded them of that episode of parks and rec when ben moves in with andy in april and he sends them to bed bath and beyond or a similar store with a list and they come back with all the as seen on tv stuff <laughs> and so that is me so then i think ali got wise to it and she sent me to get a foot, a shoe bag, sorry, which by the way, I like had no idea what this was, a hanging shoe bag. I, and uh, it was in aisle O, which by the way, doesn't exist, is not on the map. And I'm pretty sure there are That's where they left. send the dads at home. So, so I'm circling. And you're yeah. just standing there, there's just like a bunch of dads being like, there's, there is no aisle O. That's a lot of aisles, yeah. To, like, to, I'm trying to think I've ever seen an aisle O. Well, guess what? There's a J and an N next to each other and no O. <laughs> so I'm circling just underwear, travel bags, underwear, travel bags. And I send, uh, and I finally call Allie in the store and say, I got to go and tape a podcast. We have a guest today. <laughs> I, I didn't find the shoe bag. I'm so sorry. Like I'd failed. She's like, well, I did sort of tell you that it might not be there. So Ali 100% sent me sent you into, on a world goose wow. into, into to get dad rid of you. limbo, into dad <laughs> yeah. limbo to keep me from, because also like when we arrived, I went right to the toil. Okay. that be, And I looked at the Star Wars things. Uh, okay. Tim Barnes. Yes. You're here. You've now been really trial by fire. You've been introdu introduced to what goes on with this family. <laughs> Maurice on Mars is, uh, it's about, well, I mean, it's about a guy who goes to a seemingly utopian society yes. on another planet, a colony, which I think I love the whole colonial. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's so the layers here. Are... Jones and I agreed. There are so many things in this episode. I had to watch it many times. There's so I much I watched happening. it, yeah, I watched it like four times. In, in terms of intelligent commentary, just every <laughs> every word, every layer. And he's finding out that the weird, terrible things that happen on Earth 
even if they look on the surface that they they might not be there are at at best being repressed but actually there yes um and at the same time, my reading from your Instagram is that this is somewhat autobiographical also. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot. Yeah, it's one of those things. And I find this a lot with like, I do stand up, which is like stand up. But when oh, I create awesome. things, like I have a web comic, when I write stuff, I, I never realize until it's like the final product, how much of my actual life and elements are inside of it. Like when I first wrote the script, I didn't realize that there, that like I I vaguely thought about the fact that yeah I've had like we, jobs that I didn't like but I never really put two and two about the <laughs> fact that at one point in my life I had moved from LA to Chicago to pursue comedy and I started working at a Dunkin Donuts and I always got the night shift which didn't allow me to pursue comedy and that's oh. the exact same frustration <laughs> that my character Maurice has in this cartoon where he is a he wants to be an artist he moves to, to Mars because he thinks like maybe they'll recognize my my art, but he's stuck in a, in a coffee shop. That's all he, that he can do. And he is literally the only person who knows that this utopic society is repeating the same earth problems because he doesn't have the mandatory um, uh, uh, memory erasing microchip that, that, that makes things seem more peaceful on Mars, making you forget all of the old earth conflicts, which... The question is, is that would something like that actually be great or right. uh, that's very matrix, too. Now that I think about it, that is yeah. a, there's a whole enter the matrix kind of element there for sure. Oh, OK, so let me can I dig in on a few different elements yes. of the of the sh- of this form? By the way, this is a four minute episode and so, imp- you could so impressive a thesis just on these four minutes yeah it makes I- me really annoyed at the stranger things season <laughs> that's like 75 hours of television and like two things happen i was like you guys need to take a page out of maurice's book because that guy can get a plot done in four minutes on the show like the character i mean can and so much happens it's really impressive. Thank now, you. I saw it on YouTube on Comedy Central's animated channel. Is that the primary place for people? That to is watch the it? primary place. Okay. Yeah, right. that's. Okay. I mean, having worked at Comedy Central before, I know that YouTube is what really matters because that's where like the good <laughs> ad money comes. So if you watch right. it, on, 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 uh, that's nice. great. On YouTube, great. that's the best place. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so let's dig. Like, let's. We always do spoilers on our show, so I know you politely on your on your Star Wars podcast, Yabnub, you you warn people like we, we this is like at a real dinner table, so like we're yeah, just yeah. gonna go into this episode. So, all right, there is this great moment where Maurice is talking about the frustration of having to work uh, at the coffee shop and therefore not being able to pursue his art. Which I have I have many artist friends, musicians who. In order to be musicians, they have to be working musicians or have day jobs that don't allow them to actually pursue their original work whatsoever. And so they're just on this hand to mouth hamster wheel. And I and I feel like is that the same type of that is that you're sort of dropping us into that type of character? Yeah, that type of character, that type of situation. And even and sometimes even when you work in you you have a nice media job and you're still not able to pursue your your art like i used to work at vice that was my first job in new york as a oh, podcast cool. producer and there was a sea of video editors editing god knows what like i remember once like i turned to some, some video editor next to me it's like what are you working on it's a vice documentary about people who dress up like hillary clinton and do bdsm and they didn't seem oh. excited to say that. They were... <laughs> uh, so I would just think about all of the the uh, you know vacant Indiegogos at every editor, every you know all these filmmakers doing the stuff that's like not the things that they want to do. And so that is like the prime frustration of of Maurice on Mars is that sort of tension that comes from. That's, what you have to do and what you want to do. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, I see a lot of layers in it. So can I take this one to another layer that I picked yeah, up on? Layers, now, layers. Maybe this is just me being like like the man now and an adult and, you know. <laughs> but I also thought it was really funny when he said, I went to school and I was and I was fooled into thinking I would have <laughs> right. a career as an artist. artist. <laughs> and I mean, like I went to college 20 years ago. I wanted to be a professor at one point and the professors <laughs> I spoke to sat down and told me, they were like, you have a better chance of being a rock star than a professor. Don't wow. do this profession. So I did. I was like, all right, forget that. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to study other things. Um, 
Is there a little bit of, are you also kind of poking fun at the naivete of a kid who studies something like art and then just assumes a career is going to be easy? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I was, I was that, uh, that person I went to, I mean, I didn't go to college for a long time. I, t- I went to Santa Barbara city college for two years. Cause I had a nice film program, nice. but like I was one of those kids who, you know, my parents didn't go to college. So it was that situation of like, you got to go to college, but I don't know why mm, <laughs> So right. you get there and you're like, what is this? And then you go to college, but you know, your family doesn't want to hear you do all that college talk when you go and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so this tension of like higher education is something I, I think about a lot, especially if your actual pursuit is the arts. I think college is great to get to know other people who, who right, bring, right. but technology is caught up to the point where like, you practically don't really need it. Need to, right. No, it's for other of, things. A, a lot yes. of what- That's a very are, expensive, it can be a very expensive hangout yeah, though. You can get a lot of what you get in yeah. college at Jewish right. summer camp. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying if you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a doctor, yeah. go right. to college, please, right. please sure. go to college. Yeah, yeah. So this arts. podcast is officially saying college is worthless. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We don't. We don't want any, uh, we do want our, episode. we do want our doctors trained. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then there's this interaction. I learned how to be a doctor on YouTube. So, so, <laughs> Opening up a private clinic. So, so then there's this interaction between, like, in my mind, it's a flying toaster, but like. Uh, um, yeah. Is it, I, I'm well, curious about that character design. So, so that character, that character, <laughs> I have like. Beta. Yes. Voice so by beta, beta. That's it, Beta. Yes. Right. So Beta is like there's an element of like corporate cynicism around beta yes because of uh beta's sort of mimicking the crack academic with coffee as an addictive <laughs> substance to make money and i think i think again also another layer that you're going into right. there, like where every word matters we're just diving into the matrix yes and, and, then, and can i just get a little side note that i, I love that no, finally, go, go. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. I just, I don't want to forget the thought. Then you can. Make no, no, sign. I won't. Okay, fine. But then later, there was this incredible conversation that Beta has with the robots over. Yes. About Beta passing as a robot and 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 being <laughs> indignant. Now, I really, and I don't know if I'm supposed to. So I could have. Mm-hmm. I identified with Data, Beta on a very deep level in that moment because. A, I think over the last couple of years, as the United States has faced all the social things they have, like mm-hmm. everyone wants to keep an arm's distance from being like the the bad guys, right? Like, yeah. But um, as as a Jewish person, over the last five years, before before twenty twenty, but really five, six, seven years, I really went through this process of learning with my friends about like my whiteness, right? Because mm-hmm. I got to be honest, growing up, I was like, I'm not. I'm not with those white guys over there. I'm Jewish. They hate me too. But so there's this moment with Beta uh, struggling with the passing as a robot that I was like, whoa, this is like, this is like, I feel like this is a very Jewish moment. Of, like, <laughs> like where straddling you, both how, worlds. Living both in, world, living in yeah. different worlds. How do you use your privilege which, for good? Like, right, which I don't happens, know if you were trying to say that with Beta, but to me, yeah, Beta. Like you so identify much. in that way. And then I'm sure so many people can identify in many other ways, not just Jewish people, like people yeah. who straddle a lot of different categories. Yeah, that's the hope. Uh, Beta to me is uh, an interesting character. I mean, the design, uh, I got this uh, amazing artist named Uche to design all of the characters. Oh, and um, he has this great uh, uh, web comic on Webtoons called Vibe Check that he, that he created. And he's just like, cool. I want him to have an amazing career in uh, in animation because he just makes some of the funniest stuff. That the character design is killer. It we is, we love you, the yeah. animation on this show. Becky, who could not make it today, her husband's actually a was a story. Pixar story artist oh, for whoa. a decade, and so animation yeah. is a big conversation in our family. And the character design is killer. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, he's 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 so great, and and it's like a lot of his natural style. And then my kind of notes on just the design of all the characters was to. The, the two paradigms were like, hey, Arnold's like sort of abstract, fun shapes, but also the, the consistency and the realism of King of the Hill, which sound like so different. But right. like, that's I, awesome. <laughs> but I mean, I, the design yeah. of Maurice really yeah. embodies that because he, he, he looks like a real regular Joe on a certain level, but at the same time, like the hat and the hair part is, and the sort of like overall shape of the, like yeah. the features are just like so iconically cartoony. 
Yes, yes. And it's very, that that is specifically Hey Arnold inspired, just sort of like having a hat between your hair in, a, in that way. Um, right. Beta, uh, who I, I believe, like perhaps on uh, Uche's end, was a little bit inspired by the Brave Little Toaster. I'm not sure exactly. Mm, but my, right. my concept of Beta is that, um, my concept of kind of every character outside of Maurice is that we don't know much of their origin story. So I, like, hopefully the interest is to slowly find it out. So with Beta, who is a robot who seems to be made of a bunch of weird different parts. So the question is like, did Beta construct themselves or did someone make this robot? And and how we, did- you know? We were debating this. Is Beta a robot? Is Beta <laughs> right. someone passing as a robot? Does Beta right. know they're a robot? Yeah, Maybe yeah. they are and they don't know it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, again, very- I, the I, idea, I, yeah. oh, I feel like, uh, I feel very connected to Beta there. <laughs> A beta is a self-hating robot. Okay, well, that, that's okay. less me. That's I'm a less more, you. <laughs> I'm, 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 but 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 I think like but I think but I think that is something that people are going through because I think. But, when but you also, get, when it's convenient, is happy to be a robot. Which yeah, I yeah. Think is at that happy moment to pass, happy ha to, right? Yeah, right. Exactly to embrace the robotness when it's convenient, which. It's again insane that you were able to do all of that in four minutes. Yeah, we're talking about four minutes. Four friends. minutes. Like, four honestly, minutes. stranger things. Take notes, <laughs> like, for God's sakes. Um, and the point I was going to make before is that I also really like the line about the coffee and then the university kids because it immediately gave me the impression that, oh, of course, on Mars, they put it in a university, not because they want to educate people, because it's a great marketing tool. <laughs> like if you have university students, right, then you can sell them stuff. Yes. And like, that, and it's not about educating the young people of Mars. <laughs> that came to my mind, which yeah. I was like, again, brilliant. I was very happy with the, the design of the university as well. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't want it to look like a classic university. I know in Futurama, they had Mars University. And so my idea to the uh, the animators at Cartoon, it was like, what if we give it the design aesthetic of uh, an Apple store or something right. like that? Like this yeah. very sleek. Like a, yeah. Of, yeah. Simplistic. I think that, that it made it seem very commercial. Yeah. And that made me think like, oh, of course, like in the future universities and will basically just be ways to sell people and, stuff. And I had I just had this great friend, Katie Jones. She's been on our show and one of and I actually she's been on Finding Favorites because uh, on occasion, Leo will let, uh, Leo will let me um, guest host Finding Favorites. So I actually did an episode with her recently. But Katie was explaining to me the complexities of the for-profit colleges and how they've mm. taken advantage of people and the, this whole story like around Corinthian colleges and mm. that commercial college thing again it's playing on this yeah. other deeper level <laughs> this is this is wild I how many episodes are there going to be it's going to be three episodes okay. episode two um is about sports on Mars and episode three is about the first recession on Mars it's the, what's great about this premise is that anything that you end with on Mars is automatically interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude. So wait, so how do we in like participate in making other than telling everybody they have to watch this show, how do we participate in, in getting more of this? Cause there was another show that we really loved from another animator, also space AI, a little bit of social commentary. Also, I don't know if you ever heard of Dallas and Robo, but um, no. this gentleman, Mike Roberts, who we invited on the show four years ago and has now become like a really good friend. In fact, he did our first Kenobi episode with us a couple of weeks ago. Nice. But it, it was this similar kind of absurd sci-fi, but also has like deeper stuff going on. His stuff is very different in terms of the stuff that he's tackling in his show than, than yours. But what? But that show had six episodes. And, you know, how do we make sure there's like 100 of these? <laughs> I think if you can tweet at Comedy Central or, or whatever and just say, I really okay. like this, we'll love to see more if you comment on I, the posts I, um, about it. I haven't figured out any useful uh, situation that I would need Twitter for, but I have it. I just don't know why. I, I'm glad this is you, a good yeah. reason to have it. I, awesome, yeah. I, I use all the social media on behalf of the fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So or or a, use the it's hashtag. It's worth it. 
yeah. worth it. Hashtag, sorry. Hashtag Maurice on Mars. Okay. If you, if you post uh, can I ask it, where but, you got his name? Because we have a cousin named Maurice, and <laughs> I just feel like you don't often hear it, and I it, really like yeah, it. Yeah, you don't hear, hear it enough. I want it to be, you know, like Mar- Marvin the Martian. I wanted to have an right. M. M. So, uh, Maurice could have been Michael, feels, though. It could have been Michael. Maurice feels Mike. old school, and uh, I'm really, like, I personally feel like a very de- detached individual from time from location from space like i don't have and that that also ties into the theme of, of maurice on mars like i'm someone who i don't necessarily have any sort of locational pride i'm not like oh i'm from la and this is what we do in la and i wear an la right. lakers like i don't i don't have any of that Interesting. for any like I, I have no like oh this is how we do it in brooklyn i have none of that as you're talking States, to a guy right. with, with the defunct for almost 20 years expos wearing an expos hat right? <laughs> uh, my loyalty mantra. okay the other thing that you well, i mean you work on all, so many things but i we gotta gotta we gotta make choices here for people and you have a podcast uh called yub nub yes and it is Do you know built- why it's called yub nub Yes. Well, I mean, I'm going to. Anybody it's, would, it's, it's shy. So take it away, nerd. A hundred percent. So hold on a second. I oh got, my I, God. Why did you ask? Somebody could just Google so, this. Let's move on. Oof. So hold on. Oh boy. So, so first of all, you Yub think Nub, you like Star Wars, Tim? No, no. I have no idea Tim, what you're up Tim, against. Actually, Tim, like, okay. So Yubnub is a Star Wars podcast of two very funny, intelligent people, but for people Three. who love Three. Star Wars. Three. Yes, Three. Sorry. Three. <laughs> Three. Jeez. Um, Although, to be uh, fair, in Shai's defense, two of you sound exactly the same. Yes. Yes. I agree. Do, yeah. One of you needs to auto tune your voice, or like, yeah, do we need one to like get a better. Batman, like a Batman we need to get better at so like can... say, saying whose name is what. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, it does I seem like two, but it is three. So <laughs> Yubnub is for those who don't know is in the original cut of Return of the Jedi, which I, I, I own the theatrical cut DVDs that came out in the 2000s, mm-hmm. specifically because like, especially Return of the Jedi. I, I, don't, I don't mind as much the re-fancied versions of, of A New Hope or, yeah. um, or Empire Strikes Back because you get a little more wampa arm in there. But, <laughs> but Return of the Jedi's George Lucas recut has a lot of things that are genuinely like unsettling, but yeah. the one that has always done me in was the removal of the Yub Nub grand finale song. Yeah. Truly, as a kid, when you thought Star Wars was over, mm-hmm. this is the song that you feel it's you want. Okay, so, to be fair, I have heard of the song, I love that scene, but no one. But the four of you knows what it was called. But but no, that's what the Ewoks are singing. Yep, 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 yeah. Playing the and and now now my kids, if I didn't have the theatrical cut, they got to watch like the new ending has like a Peter Gabriel song. And so yeah, all right. So Tim, I feel like hilarious it's the most perfect name for your podcast okay because like is yubnub like a metaphor for 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 like why why pick that specific thing um because in like my mind it's got to be a metaphor for loving star wars i think it is yeah i don't think we overthought it but it it kind of is uh it is like people who yeah it's it crosses generations but also makes you to me, it's a reminder that there have been multiple versions of Star Wars. And this is something that if you listen to Yubnup, this is a tangent I get on constantly because I think Star Wars is actually an experiment of erasing and reintroducing history. Oh, uh, every wow. generation of Star Wars fans thinks that's definitely that they... a university class. Right there. <laughs> Maybe not every... at the University on Mars. <laughs> they just tell you I, Apple products, you, I talk but... about Star Wars for at another hours. university. I talk about Star Wars for hours for pe- with people. Your podcast, and we're going to talk about an episode now, is one of the few, like, parrot, not paradigm shifting, but like, I only feel relaxed and like my brain has expanded. <laughs> and I get anxious about Star Wars podcasts because I get like really nervous, like, oh, what's this going to be about? Where am I going to yeah. land on where they land? And I, and I feel like your approach is so you're saying the erasing and, and re erasing. It's like, I, not to take it to this far, but it's like when you accidentally find out that someone's anti Semitic or like a little bit racist, you're like, oh man, I really liked you. Now my life is ruined because we can never be friends. <laughs> right. If you po- say Star Wars the podcast. wrong thing about Star Wars in front of Shy, he might just, oh man. Man, now 
Oh, yes. Wait, but I don't want to, don't let me in with the toxic people. That's that's different. No, that's it's not the I same it. thing. It's it, but you love it so much that other people's opinion of it deeply affects your heart. That's what, what I'm saying. Everyone has way, that line, yeah, about like, oh, you love CGI Yoda? Okay, this is this yeah, is that guy. I, Tim, Tim, <laughs> but the way Tim Tim creates a, 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 like intellectual rule, like an intellectual playing field, Amazing. where where like disagreement can definitely happen, but it, it's a real reminder of the love yeah. that has to be there at the core. Yeah, yeah. It's it, this podcast is about like each of the hosts, all three of us. We try and return to the theme of the show, which is it's for people who actually love Star Wars often, because we all bump against our frustrations with Star Wars at some point. And then it's always that balancing act of trying to and trying to figure out why do we still love it so much? Like the love is never going to go away, but there are, there's all there's always something to uh, to like make you get into a debate or argument about it. it's more than any other franchise, I feel. And, and also I, one thing that I think like, I was really reflecting on and so first of all there's an episode it's your second to most recent episode about um toxic fandom in star wars specifically kenobi specifically yeah. kenobi specifically the disgusting backlash against moses ingram as reva um but it's really like if anyone wants to understand this conversation like this is the only thing I, one of the only things you need to listen to is this 45 minutes of podcast it's so brilliantly laid out and uh, yeah, and I feel like as much as you think you know about this debate and kind of get it, oh yeah, that's horrible and racist and some fans are stupid, your podcast, I really feel like elevated the discussion for me. And I consider myself a pretty cultured intellectual person and listening to you guys talk about it, I, I felt like I learned a lot. So I think it's important you. to hear yeah. a healthy, interesting discussion about this really awful thing that happens. And also- there's this moment in it where you're talking about the the losers and you call someone calls them the general grievances and there's this whole riff on general grievous and his death and and it's making fun of stars but i know with my sisters like the highest compliment in our family is if you can nail someone with a zinger that really reflects that well, you it's out of that. love there's a difference right. that you and know I, that. and and that's what yeah. i love about that episode when you guys say the people who be, begin to you know these fans that begin to you know consume the the product that they love whatever the media that they love only to criticize it yeah then that's where it becomes super toxic without it even being racist it's just that like what can i pick apart and what can i and that's the only reason now i'm watching it and this yeah. thing that i love has become this thing that i love to hate and it's really sad because you can criticize something you love all that's the best part yeah, but it, when it's coming from a good place, it's a much different conversation. When it's just to tear it down, and I think those kinds of people like make Shy very sad because something he does. Yeah. You know, you, you can tell when someone really does truly so, love it as like a healthy yeah. fan. Um, okay, so toxic fans, mm-hmm. racist, opportunists, <laughs> right? Because I I like that you also reference that they're also. I mean. They're, this could be the Russians too, by the way. It could, right? yeah. You never know. Because like tearing the, us apart, tearing apart this country's love of Star Wars <laughs> is the way to get the like fabric, it's, right? Of, of the essence, what makes of us the, good, right? Okay, the very but few that, things that are left. So that versus my cousins who were born in the late, you know, there's that Ewok, the Ewok graph, where if you were born before a certain year, it's it was they it was in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Okay, but there's this graph where you can tell what year someone was born by whether or not they like the Ewoks. Ewoks. Because it's like they were born pre seventy eight, they think the Ewoks are stupid. If they were born after seventy eight, yeah. Anyway, they're cute. I mean, I I love the Ewoks. To me, it's like the story yeah. of Hanukkah, like the few against the many. Like you know, you're. Oh my God! They're literally like. If I could buy one, I would. Like, uh, the, the, the no, you cannot buy any one. Yeah. That is, why can't they have rights? We learned this in an episode well, like, of Yubnub on a, on a tangent, and we looked up on Wikipedia, and apparently in a Star Wars book or comic or something. Someone has one as a pet? There was a, some people, apparently some people purchased uh, Ewoks as a pet, because we were asking, like, how, like, what happens to the Ewoks after Return of the Jedi? Do any of them, like, start, like, join the Rebellion? How come we've never seen an Ewok in an X-Wing? How come, you know... What? Right. <laughs> Clearly, they are. And then we learned this horrifying uh, history that apparently <laughs> some of them were purchased 
as pets, That's which terrible. to me sounds like so, slaves or something. It does. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, no, it does. So Ooh. when I said it, I actually meant to. I'm not just backpedaling because I fully <laughs> own saying horrible things. That's fine. I'm just saying that, and I mean, I would like to buy one as if like you could get a like a version of a pet. Not uh, maybe a dog, like a dog gerbil combo that existed that I could have <laughs> one that looked like that. I would love that. Okay. But I, I don't Lily, they seem also very you're, in Star Wars. No, I, I, I will say that they, they do seem out of this hole. Okay, but they do seem like very aggressive in and of themselves. And I don't think I want that in my home personally. <laughs> they can get very nasty too, those guys. Yeah. Right? They, yeah, they I, get I mean, when fighting for the side of good. Sure. I mean, I love. I mean, I love them. I love them. Okay, wait. Just, like, so, they're really, I need to ask my I question like of Tim. I need to ask my question <laughs> of Tim. Jeez. How do you classify? Like, where do you draw the lines between toxic, horrible fans, mm. my older cousins who thinks the Ewoks are stupid, <laughs> and uh, and like the way I like the times when you're kidding because you love. Like, where are some of the lines that you draw there? Because I know there's a distinction based on having listened to your show. I I mean uh, I love tearing apart the prequels and and I and I and I but I also grew up at the time where my first introduction to the prequels is pure love of the movies so wow. I kind of grew into like this um, situation of like I love what like I'll watch any video that's like this is why this scene is weird or like <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> I think my line is just like the same lines I have in reality where it's like um, where where it pushes on a on something. Uh, a social element where you feel like uh and especially like any science fiction where you can feel like uh well why is there a black person in this <laughs> like right? like it, it just it just doesn't um doesn't make uh doesn't make much sense yeah uh, but my my lines are very very fluid in terms of like commenting on star wars and making fun of it and um it's just yeah. the racism that gets you. This is the racism. Yeah, I mean the racism yeah. is. But it's like, it's fascinating. That there's a there's an industry around like tearing Star Wars down and like anything. Like there are people who have thousands or millions of YouTube followers, and their whole thing is like once a move, like the moment a movie or show comes out, is like here's a point by point step of why like this writer sucks. And like, yeah, Isn't it, yeah. it's the, I mean, it's like a, a major, it, you know, it's a type of, you know, bullying in the sense that if, mm. you know, makes yourself feel better about yourself, right. To yeah. tear down somebody, you know, who is, and when I say somebody, I mean, even just the franchise Disney, like who's untouchable. Yeah. And like, if I can make myself feel bigger and better and other people will feel better about themselves, then of course there's definitely a market for that. Unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like I realized recently, Jim from Yubnub, I think is the one who pointed out to me, is that what makes Star Wars different from every other franchise is that it started off as one movie. It didn't start off as a book. It didn't start off as a comic. It didn't start off as a cartoon. <laughs> like the source material, there's no source material. Yeah, the source material the is one movie that made a lot of people happy. The first movie happened to not have many people of color in it, so you expand from that. Um, this is just right. like the strangest franchise. Everyone, everyone, their imagination is so entwined with it. Their imagination is a part of the, of what helped Star Wars expand. Um, where like people are like, well, sometimes it's like headcanon is a thing, you know? Oh like, yeah, like, headcanon. Um, What's that? Some, headcanon is like how you always imagined um, something would have taken place. Oh, in oh, the right. If, right, right, right. Okay. Or, or yeah. I think it could also be there, there, you for years, when there wasn't a Star Wars movie after Return of the Jedi, there was this expanded universe of books. Right, oh, right. And then exactly. when I, after... I met Timothy Zahn recently. Oh, nice. It was really yeah. cool. He yeah. was at a convention here. It was really And that cool. was just like considered what happened to Luke Han and Leia right, for right. years. And then after the Disney acquisition, they're like, we want to use Luke Han and Leia. We can't just follow like, like what, like everything's already laid out in these books. So they erased that and they started a new canon so that so that old, all of those expanded universe books are now called legends and all everything since the and do you Disney think do you both canon. think they should have followed that and keep i don't it know i don't know but this is where star wars to me starts to feel a lot like a religion this is where it's well i think it's very if, if, <laughs> see i i think i think that, it's I think very comparable i, I what i what i religion. love what i i i think we have to i think star wars also had this unique thing unlike the superheroes yeah which have always like thrived on multiple iterations for the longest time other than like the marvel comics in the in the 80s you know 
I mean, I guess the holiday special, but like Star Wars had one canon for a really long time or what appeared to be one canon for the long time and one guy in charge of it. Yeah. Um, and, but like when you think about it, there's so many of those Legends books and some of them take some weird turns. I don't know all of them, but I know a lot about them. Like y- you wouldn't want to be bound to all of those. And now more and more you're seeing it. They are very smartly taking some of the best stuff from those and yeah. spinning them into this timeline and so which I, feels I, like what a religion would do right it, it feels yeah like, absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, don't, well, I, don't I mean look my religion started as a animal sacrifice religion huh. we, we don't do that any every anymore, <laughs> every week and we're better for it <laughs> um okay speaking of new things and evolving i, I like i love this and, and and really that episode just helped me process so much i want we want to play one of our classic friday night movie games with you okay yes let's do it uh, this is called it's a new classic actually this is a new game it's not one of our original games it's called a comparathon it was named okay. by chris royce of the buddies without borders podcast so i always like to tribute the name of it although we were doing it but we were like chris what do we call this and he had like i have an idea so this is a comparathon and this is going to be the most epic edition of it so what's going to happen is this is the new characters and when i say new starting with the ewoks I'm going to run down a list of what you would call new characters in Star Wars. And you have to essentially put them one against each other. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a tournament in a sense. Okay. And whoever makes it to the end of the ladder, like Mortal Kombat, we're, you know, we're going to declare Tim Barnes's best new character, like okay. the best character invented since 83 or 84. Um, I may need a little bit more uh, as we start playing the game, but to understand it. Okay. It's, it's a, a one round, then I'll explain to you. So we're going to okay. start with the Ewoks. And then I picked, I purposely picked, by the way, some obscure ones. Definitely a ton that Lily has never heard of <laughs> because Lily's reaction will be amazing. Um, and I, and then I, and so if I say Ewoks or Jar Jar Binks, who do you pick? I'm just sorry. Like, if you oh, look at it, the list of these names, yeah, how, like to, for anybody <laughs> to say that, like, a black person in Star Wars is racist, is, is, is against the thing and, and you know, and is not what it's supposed to be. Has anybody read this list of names? <laughs> it's, this is, I mean, it's just the most insane thing I've ever, I mean, yeah. All right. Yeah. So Ewoks or Jar Jar Binks? Who do you pick? Uh, Ewoks. Okay. Why the Ewoks? Um, I like, well, I, I, we won't do all of them. I like. Yeah. I love a reason though here and there. So we're gonna. Well, get... you're talking about the Ewoks as a whole, and then one character. Uh, I mean, I could do Ewok, Wicket yeah. versus Jar Jar if you want, or maybe Low Gray <laughs> versus Jar Jar. Um, uh, Chirpa. The uh, the Ewoks because um, they they are they they they've been compared to Jar Jar in terms of like just being for kids and being this thing like for for George to make money off of toys or something. Um, but, uh, I think the Ewoks get across the, uh, the point, uh, more effectively than, than Jar Jar does, but I do have a lot in retrospect, I have a lot of love for Jar Jar and specifically Ahmed Best who played him yeah. because I think that, um, Ahmed Best is a pioneer of tech of that technology and, uh, it's unfortunate the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a situation I think about a lot about the yeah. dynamics when he was, t- when he was filming that movie and, uh, you know, possibly being uh, one of very few black people on the set and not, and just genuinely creating this character and putting a lot of his own heart and soul into it. And then, uh, you know, expanding to when it comes out and all the backlash, it's very sad. I I do Um, like how you, you guys say on your, on your episode and uh, you know, that you make reference to the fact that, you know, from, I think it sounds like firsthand and then other accounts of people have heard that being part of the actual real experience of making the movies is not always so great, which is probably the true for any movies or any, you know, you yeah, know, yeah. Except for Top Gun, that movie seems like everybody had a great time. Um, other than that, the, the new franchise. one, the new, the new one. one, yeah. yeah. It sounds like that um, okay. seems to be a good so, time, but you know, it's true that I think we don't really think of any the character, like the people behind the characters, a lot of the time, and what went yeah. into that. We, we should have learned a lot from Jar Jar Binks. And Ahmed Best and Jake <laughs> yeah. Lloyd. That's what I'm already saying, once. Um, right. Yeah. But it's, you know, yeah. like Jedi's in different generations, people seem to like people get mad. You know, mistakes can be repeated. They do get repeated, like yeah. unfortunately, and it's terrible. Okay. Somehow the mistakes have returned. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but well, I think they honestly, they feel worse now, though. They feel worse now. But, but now you have Ewan McGregor defending the Jedi, yeah, so yeah. there's that. Okay. Ewoks or Sebulba? Lily, you remember uh, Sebulba, that's, of course. That's not a real character. <laughs> that sounds like something you have to have removed. Sebulba races Some... in the pod race against Anakin. Okay, sure. Fine. Um, I mean... It definitely it's, sounds like a disease. This whole thing is tough because, like, the Ewoks really are so cute. And uh, okay, yeah, keep, let's continue. Yeah. It's a long definitely. list. Sorry, so you keep definitely the Ewoks. Ewoks. All right. Okay, the Ewoks are Captain Panaka. I always thought it was really cool. Ah. Captain Panaka. He he's part of Padme's guard. He's yeah helps uh, when they take the palace back. Is it my turn? Is that? Oh no, it's always your turn. It's, oh, it's always, always my turn. just okay. you. Um, you think Shia will let me have an opinion uh, on this? We're, we're <laughs> there's no way. We're commenting, but this is your okay, okay. yeah. This your is your comparison. game. It's obviously, but the answer is Ewok still. But you can <laughs> yeah yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I lost my voice there because I was so excited. Ewok still. <laughs> Ewoks are Padme. Padme's the mom. Mm, is yeah. Natalie Portman? Yeah. Lily, I like that. Let him answer. I will. I will say Pat Padme. Um, over an Ewok. Over the Ewoks. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Because I've seen, I haven't seen a lot of the Clone Wars uh, animated series, but oh, um, it's I, the bits that I've seen involving Padme are very good, and so it's given me a lot more faith in that character than the, like exactly what we saw in the prequels. Clone Wars taught me that you, other than one particular situation for me, you really can't jump to conclusions with what you think about something about Star Wars when you first see it because yeah. they will then go in and fill in and tweak and give you layers yeah. that you've, and, and also the, I mean, yeah. And, and, and so I, I highly recommend it. There are these websites though, that will block out the different episodes that follow a particular thread. So you don't have to watch it consecutively. Like I want to watch all the Darth Maul stories. So you watch oh, nice. all the Darth Maul. It's a much better way to watch it. Okay. That's great. Padme or Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn. Ah, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Okay. Qui -Gon. All right. Qui-Gon or Mace Windu. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I, mean, I love Mace Windu. I mean, like, what is not ethnic about these names? <laughs> <laughs> like the, at this point, I'm like, why are there white people in these movies? <laughs> um, Mace Windu is really cool. I hope that he returns. I hope that he's still alive. Never saw his um, body. Never, never saw, saw his body. His, yeah, yeah, he's really cool. But um, there is so much genuine, great mystery around Qui-Gon that I'm, I'm still going to stick with Qui-Gon. Do you hope, oh. so, sometimes I feel like we're better off not knowing, like, like some, I, I love Prometheus, but I also live in, like, live in the same mindset of, like, I wish I never found out where the aliens came from. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that way about Qui-Gon, that, like, he's got to stay mysterious? I think so. I mean, there's just, there is just, there's a twinkle in Qui-Gon's eye. He, he just knows something. something. Like, he, he, he gives, he gives a rebel. me... By the way, connecting Star Wars to religion, you know the actress who plays Shmi, uh, Anakin's mother, who was yeah. immaculately uh, who immaculately conceived, conceived him through the Force. <laughs> she also played the Virgin Mary in some sort of like biblical. Oh wow! Film. Also, her her name translated in Hebrew means my name. Wow, which is like also kind of like deep. All right, yeah. so Mace Windu <laughs> or Darth Maul. Uh, wait, I'm still, I'm still king. Oh, king oh yeah, I thought you picked Qui-Gon. I right. thought you picked um, Qui-Gon. This is, yeah, like, we've made life very hard for Tim. He's a, he's a twinkle <laughs> in his eye. I thought it was uh, in the bag. I am still going to stay with Qui-Gon after, between Qui-Gon and, and Darth Maul. Yeah. Okay. Qui-Gon and Count Dooku. Mm. That guy is not great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, characters oh, i will i will actually go with uh with count dooku on that one shocker <laughs> all right christopher lee is it christopher lee is the is the like the it is the um they don't uh explain the dynamic well enough for me in attack of the clones but the mm -hmm. fact that count dooku was uh qui-gon's jedi master mm -hmm. and that Count Dooku's master was Yoda, and that it, it, it's and that he's a count who turns to the dark side, but ultimately not, but ultimately still wants to end the Sith. Like he, like I've learned this somehow in the expanded outside. Like he's a very complicated uh, character, and Christopher Lee's a great actor. Yeah, so like like so just... like so many of the Sith, they're always working against each other, and a lot of them are folks who are so powerful but turn dark and have some sort of agenda to be like, oh, I'm. But it's such a great metaphor for people in power, right? 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to be the one to change it. Like yeah. this seduction won't overcome. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Let's we'll do a few quickly here. Count Dooku okay. or Django Fett? Uh, sure, you're not doing Django. all of these. No, I'm going to jump around in a minute. I have, right. going, I have some specific <laughs> ones I really want to do. All right. I'll jump a little bit here. Django, the only one or, worth a damn on this list is Grogu. Django, <laughs> Django or Ahsoka Tano, who is my example of why you have to be patient with Star oh, Wars. Yeah. She yeah. was annoying when you first met her. She has huh. become one of the best characters in the history of the series. Yeah. I'm going to stick with uh, Django. All right. Yeah. Django or Captain Phasma, another cool story. Uh, uh, still going to stick with Django. Uh, I was disappointed with how Captain Phasma was handled, but a great mysterious character that stayed mysterious. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Agreed. So we've got Django. All right. So I'm going to jump Sometimes, a little. It's like a little too mysterious. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to st stick with some <laughs> mysterious characters here. Okay. okay. Um, and I'll stay away from core characters, even though I have some of them on the list here. So, okay. So we got Django Fett or the Broom Boy at the end of The mm. Last Jedi. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Broom Boy just because I, I love the symbolism of that character. Don't know really? if he's going to pop up anywhere, but I, I, I really did like that moment. And um, yeah, that was okay, great. Okay, cool. All right. Broom Boy or, um, or how about Sabine Wren? Did you watch Rebels at all? Uh, I didn't watch much Rebels. Ooh. So okay. I think All right. I'm going to so, stick with Broom Boy. Uh, Broom Boy, okay. Broom Boy or Cobb Vanth, Timothy Oliphant in the oh, Mandalorian. You can't, you, there's, sorry. Lily, there's let only, him there's answer. There's only one answer. <laughs> it's all, you don't. Let him. There's he, no, it's, it's Oliphant. Like, there's just, he just Lily, you That's can't, it. You didn't even finish Justified yet, Lily. I don't accept Because I, I don't want to tag. Is it, can you guys bicker for a little bit while yes, I go sorry. get my, my charger, my <laughs> laptop charger? I'll be right there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's part I of mean, you have a you have a thing where people. Oh, I think he's really like, serious. He went to go get. No, he went to get his computer charger. Oh, I thought yeah, he was he's... like leaving the show. He's like, you guys. No, no, no. Kick her no, 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 no. He let the guests speak ever. No, no. He just went. He literally went to get his charger. But I'm saying is that like an Olyphant situation. What's the debate? Who's better than that? Shy. Who's better than? I mean, like I think Oliphant? a lot of a lot. I mean, I think Olyphant. They better take advantage of the fact also, that he's. I, I have a question since we have a minute. So Rosario Dawson, who I believe is a person of color, correct? Yes. Right. Plays, I have to read her Ahsoka name. Ahsoka Tano. Sure. Yes. I think I know her nope. name. And nope. we're back. No. Oh, what did okay. I miss? So my, uh, Rosario Dawson is cast to play. And like, I, uh, uh, but, but I think uh, the I point you're making though, Tim, Tim made it, in the show, I believe you made yeah. it in the show, Tim, or, or one of the hosted, which is that, the fans seem to be okay when a person of color gets like one tweak that makes them not human. But the moment yep. that they are a black well, Mace, person, but, that but was Mace me, Windu yeah. is black. <laughs> uh, I, look, you can, but but you can. But it's before. But we're, we're also not, racist in the prequels. No, 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 no. But I just, I think it was just a general statement that like. Unless the, right, like, like like Rose, what was her name that got that poor girl? Rose, Rose Tico, Tico. Tico. Oh my god, mm. Rose right. Tico's a human. A right? human. It's like that's popular, how, but right. that's also how vile the racists are. So that's really that's okay. Right. Okay, so Cobb okay, Vanth or Broomboy? Right. Uh, Cobb Vanth. Okay, cool. All right, See, you're right. I predicted the right answer. Okay, <laughs> Cobb Vanth or Black Kersantan? Kersant. Ah, that's hard um, to shy. Shy just made Black up that character. No, 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 no. So, it's difficult Wookie. for you to answer because that's I, just uh, made up. It's the coolest Wookiee since Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah I'm. So I'm. I understand that he, that he originated from the comics or something. Oh yeah, yeah he Black Kersantan is very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, they send think, him. Uh, they, I believe they send. Yeah, they send a bunch of bounty hunters early in the comics, and he's yeah. he's in there. They should just like get uh, someone to someone. They should let Blacker Santon into the WWE. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so you have him. You picked him. <laughs> yeah, I picked him. Okay, and now let's just take it to the to the to the one, the only Grogu, Blacker Santon uh, or Grogu. Gotta go with Grogu. I think Grogu is the smartest uh, thing that Star Wars has ever done because uh, he will live for so long. Yes, that. They will have so much, and, to and they don't with. have to have a person <laughs> yeah. play it. And they don't. Right. That's the, that, that is the smartest thing George Lucas has ever done, creating it's iconic mythic, characters that anybody characters. can play. Yeah. yeah, I think like even like down to putting Darth Maul in in uh, tattooed yeah. makeup, like so anyone can put on that makeup and kind of yeah. I, the Maul. cosplayers right. look like Darth Maul. Okay, yeah. 
Tim, we are we are just about out of time, but we can't close the show without hearing your recommendations of what yes. people. So thank you um, uh, so much for your time. And Maurice on Mars is so brilliant. It's and brilliant. everyone should check it out on Truly YouTube. Brilliant. I can't, and I can't wait to see what else you're going to do. So, and so, so that's our big recommendation here. Yeah. <laughs> What's your recommendation, knowing that we have said that is fantastic? <laughs> uh, I'm really enjoying this show on Showtime called The Man Who Fell to Earth. Um, it stars Chiwetel Ejiofor. It's a sequel to um, oh, the uh, David, David Bowie, Bowie Whoa, film. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right, and it's right. it's great. It's uh, created by Ginny Lumet and uh, Alex Kurtzman. Ginny Lumet, who is Sydney Lumet's uh, daughter. Um, oh, and, cool. Um, and Alex Kurtzman is like really involved in the new Star Trek series. And, mm. But I think something about the two of them working together um it's just creating something very fantastic like a lot of the the way the construction of this show is just fantastic and it's great uh science fiction and great speculative fiction um severance i'm sure people have oh, recommended yeah. this on the show before is uh, just the greatest and i'm so jealous that the creator of that show it's like his first credit is the first thing is severance <laughs> oh, directed by you know yeah so wild <laughs> i know and uh, got to give a shout out to to my guy uh, Zach Cherry who who acts in that in that show. Um, who oh. um, he's the 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 black coworker. Oh yeah yeah and yeah! I think that Brilliant I think, genius. Yeah, great great. He's in everything, and um, I think he's also my acting competition because I don't I don't audition <laughs> for for acting roles very often. But I found that every time I do, it goes to, to, to the brilliant Zach Cherry. I think he's probably the most powerful man in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> he's getting paychecks from Marvel, from Apple. From <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's, what's really amazing about that is just how much, I mean, we've been talking about this on the show a lot. People who are funny and know how to be funny because they can land that and it's so hard when you ask them to do drama, it's almost like effortless. It looks like, like yeah. he's so, there's right. so much, you have so much empathy for that character. Yes. Um, well, Tim Barnes, thank you so thank much. You. Um, thank you for having me. I'm where so can glad people, you're liking the show. And yeah. And, and where, where can people follow you? And we, maybe see your stand up too. Oh yeah. Uh, you can, you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Barnes, four, five, one. That's the temperature at which jokes burn. Uh, you can get all <laughs> kinds of information on me at timbarnscomedy.com. Uh, there should be a stand-up clip of mine on there. Um, and there that's, is, that's... and some amazing Fallon sketches. Like we have, <laughs> we go deep for for our guests. So, well, this is amazing, Tim. Thank you so much for being here. Friday Night Movie family, you know where to find us at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram. FridayNightMoviePod.com. Theme song is by What Does It Eat? Have a great day, everyone, and thank you.